Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And welcome to Secure the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. Oh, what a week it has been. Lockdown continues annoyingly. Our mental health is a little bit better, thankfully. Yes, at least we know this time what we need to do. We've got those tools in our toolkit ready from what happened in the first lockdown. And thank you to you. Thank you for coming to me for that gratitude. As you know, I've been keeping that gratitude diary alive every week. So every day on my Instagram, at Johnny Seifert, I'm putting five things that make me happy on that day. And that positivity just really helps. Also, going on walks really helps. And especially on my walks, noticing something different on each walk that I go on. It's the exact same route every day, but there's always something new that I've seen. Now, don't forget, we're also on Instagram. The Security and Secure family is where you can find us. I put teasers from all the old episodes out there and an inspirational quote every day. To find that, go to Security and Secure on Instagram now. Now, joining me this week, I've got two very, very important guests. My guest this week is one of my favourite authors. For the past three years, I've grown an amazing, beautiful friendship with her. We've had many lunches together, many conversations with her. And I found out she was writing this book. And I knew about it a year ago. And I thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. I know you for your novels. And suddenly she's bringing out a book with her son, which is real. And it's very easy for a book to use as desertification for escapism and to switch off. But what happens when you actually reveal the true feelings? Well, I'm delighted to say, joining me on Secure the Insecure this week, that I've got Amanda Prass and Josiah Hartley, mother and son. Hello, guys. Oh, hi, Johnny. Thank you so much for having us. Your hi, book, hi, yes. Your book, The Boy Between, A Mother and Son's Journey from a World Gone Grey. I read it a couple of months ago, Amanda, because you sent me an early copy, and I just cried my way through it. You know this. I was texting you all the way through it. How do you want people to perceive the book, and how would you describe it? Well, I would describe it as, I mean, you're right to say that I write fiction and this is non-fiction, so it's very different, a different journey for me. But I think it's it's a, it's a sort of helpful memoir looking at my son's journey 
uh, through depression to the point where he planned to take his own life and out of it again, where there are now glimpses of sunshine. It's not really a, a depressing book or a sad book. It's full of hope and it's quite funny and there's some really good messages in it. So I think if you were talking earlier about having a sort of toolkit of resilience during these half, you know, these hard times and lockdown. And I think I would love to see it as part of people's toolkit on how they get through these times, really. Well, let's go back to the beginning of your journey. Josiah, where do you want to begin? Because this is your story, in essence, with your mother's help and how it affected her. But this is your story. So where do you want to begin, my friend? Looking back at it, my first depressive episode was when I was taking my A-levels. That's probably quite a good place to start. It's hard to describe it's never happened to you, but my brain sort of just switched off, really. No one goes to bed fine and wakes up with depression. It's quite a subtle thing. Over an unknown period of time, sort of my emotions just got weaker and weaker until they didn't really exist anymore. I was just completely numb to the world. I like had an Instagram filter that was completely grey over everything. The very colour of the world just didn't really exist for me at that point. Amanda, for you, you came up with the idea of putting pen to paper many years ago writing novels and then you decided that you were going to bring out this book with Josiah that was from the heart. And together you've worked on this as a massive project. As a mother, how have you found the experience seeing your son almost in a different light? Because there were things that you didn't know about him. There was so much I didn't know about him. I don't think I fully ever grasped quite how much Josh was struggling um, and just how dark it got for him and how quickly he really fell through the cracks. I think I was aware he wasn't great. You know, he wasn't full of sunbeams and cartwheeling with joy down the hallways. And he'd certainly lost a lot of his spark. Um, all the great things that make Josh, Josh, his, you know, whip smart sense of humor, his insights, he, he just kind of went very quiet and it was like he was dulled. Um, and that was really hard, but I think hearing him voice it in such an eloquent way, which he does in the book, talking about how, you know, even sad would have been an improvement. He felt numb, he felt blank, he felt nothing. The thought that my child, the person I love most in the whole wide world was going through that. And, you know, I'm his mum, I'm the one who's supposed to be able to make these things better. I'm the one who's supposed to be able to fix things. I think the fact that I couldn't, it was really, really difficult. And it certainly changed our relationship to answer the second part of your question. I feel like we know each other inside out, back to front, because we've had to have conversations that you don't usually have with your kids. You know, I've had to sit down and look Josh in the eye. And he said to me, there are times and there have been times when I would rather not exist. And I have to almost reason and plead with him and give him all the reasons why my life, the family's life, the world, the planet would be far poorer if he weren't here and how very grateful I am that he still is here and you don't expect to have those conversations with your kids so I think we uh, we've come out the side come out the other side I would say with a sort of a, a healthy respect for each other a greater understanding and I certainly think Josh is my hero I think to get up every day and exist and work and do the things he does when I know now that it's hard to even lift your head off the pillow I think that makes him some kind of superhero. No, I appreciate that it's very it's very kind I'd say I, I feel exactly the same way to be honest. I feel able to talk to Mandy about most things now, um, anything. In fact, I think we have a very uh, honest um, relationship. And I think writing the book was an incredible, incredibly difficult process. A lot of, I think it's firstly unpalatable truths came out about each other and the period of time when I was critically depressed. And I think having worked through that and gone through that and getting it down on the paper has, has helped us both massively. So let's go a little bit deeper into your story and I suppose the kind of big period of time was when you got to university and that's where you really did spiral so what happened? 
uh, away from home, away from that safety net, away from that quite bubbled existence at school, where if you miss one one lesson, you get an email or someone saying, where were you, Josh? And like at university, you can miss months at a time without anyone really noticing. In that environment, it's quite hard to feel wanted and it's quite easy to slip through the cracks. And that's what happened to me. Um, I started drinking excessively. I was blacking out a lot, um, only sort of leaving my room to drink. And that sort of just spiraled quicker and quicker out of control. Your stepdad was the one who found you at your worst. And I've met him before. The, one of the nicest, loveliest guys. So gentle. And he really spoke it through with you, didn't he? Yeah, that was in my second year at university where I was living in a studio flat. And, you know, from the outside, it was a real great place to spend a year as a student. That wasn't the case for me because of, because of the depression. I hadn't left my bed in weeks. I was sleeping more often than I wasn't. I always let the time when it was 4am because it felt like it was just you and the universe in perfect stillness. And I didn't really think about existing at 4am at all times would really did well the effect it was having on my mental health the weeks prior i remember looking out the window and thinking that was like a tree almost like day and night cycles were still something i was observing slightly and you know seeing people walk walk home from work whatever it was just thinking oh that's nice or it's it's sunny today that's that's nice but you know towards the more critical stages of my depression day and night didn't didn't matter i hadn't showered in weeks even thirst failed me at the end, hoping my body would sort of just give up without further action. I thought I would just die in my bed, really. But no, you're right. As you say, my um, my father came, knocked knocked on the door. He just got a sort of hunch. I don't want to go into details, but I had a method to end my life. And he unlocked the door, saw me, and it was quite clear from his expression that I wasn't in a good way. My, my living conditions were fairly putrid. There were takeaway containers and laundry and you know like I said I hadn't washed in weeks it, it wasn't great I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror at the time because I saw almost a demonized version of myself so when he got there he uh, just let me know everything's going to be okay held my hand and I went I went to sleep and then when I woke up sort of packed packed bags and, and took me home I didn't have much choice in the matter it's fair to say I was such a blanket fog going through my mind I didn't really know what was best for me so I had to sort of give that up really to, to him you had planned this ending of your life over a period of time why did you want to stay alive i didn't really not not on that day but i think one key message in looking back well i think it's true for everyone with severe depression i know myself included is because you want to end your life one day doesn't mean you necessarily will the next you you possibly will you probably will but the day after that and the day after that and the day after that eventually something will change and, and you won't want to die it seems strange saying it now but even having access and a method to end my life sort of changed my outlook on it slightly it gave me a sense of control i hadn't had previous the option was there and i, I gained comfort in that because no matter how bad things felt i'd always have that way out that that door if you like what would you like to say now to people who are listening who have been on a similar journey to you and don't really know who to turn to or what to do? I think you just have to reach out and speak about it. People do care. They do care about you. Um, I know that because the people who were there for me then, when I felt like I was alone, are still there for me now. And that brings me comfort. And if you are in a state of crisis, it's just hang on, hold on, take things minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. It doesn't always feel like an achievement, but just staying on the earth is. 
and especially when you don't want to be here the, the strongest thing you can do is possibly just go to bed and go to sleep for a day see how you'll feel tomorrow you know have a large glass of water call someone you love um but just take things day by day and the world doesn't always feel like it but it is better for your presence and amanda for parents out there who are listening that want to have a bit of direction to their child who might be suffering from mental health what would you like to say now i'd like to say that they are not alone and it can feel like the loneliest job in the world when you are parenting or even just love someone who has severe depression or mental illness because you're not only battling their illness but you're also battling them it's like they're they're on the opposite side and it feels exhausting and it feels relentless you just honestly don't know where to go for help or advice and I would say that I know what that feels like and there are millions of us you know we were just an ordinary family and depression came and put a a, a tendril in every single room of our house it it took the light and the joy from our home and put darkness at the windows and I know what it feels like and you're not alone either there are millions of us carers and parents and and you know partners trying to help those we love most and it's thankless and it's difficult and it can feel hostile but that too does get better and it's a bit like turning a tanker it's small things it is talking to people like me and other people who've been through it it is going for a little walk or just opening a window and breathing fresh air or taking a hot bath or a shower or a cup of tea or an early night all the things the little things that make you feel better because the guilt is huge and the job feels completely thankless so i know what you're going through when it starts to get better the relief is wonderful and i hope it gets better for everyone listening in the way that it did for us and also don't feel guilty i know that it's nothing to do with me josh's illness whether i was a good mum or a bad mum or an indifferent mum really isn't the point it's josh's battle josh needs to find a way through that fog and i can't fix him and i can't make a solution i can just create an environment where he can be without judgment and knowing that he's loved you're so so beautiful mandy and desire hearing your story together you give the impression that everything is good and happy how do you manage to stay sane when behind the scenes so much is happening how do you manage to partition being that happy-go-lucky person when you're dealing with real life at the same time i think because that is life that is life you know bad things happen the rug gets pulled from under you things come along that cleave open your heart or your head and that is just life and life is a roller coaster with pockets of deep joy and moments of extreme sadness and all you can do is every day find a way to get through it and i am by nature an incredibly optimistic person i am usually happy more often than not i'm happy i don't let things become a weight on me because i think then i can't function and life needs to go on you know bills still need to be paid dogs still need to be fed uh you know the house still needs cleaning you know scrubaloo hoover the floor whatever it is that's that doesn't stop so you need to find a way to exist and for me the way to do that is to kind of try and as awful and cheesy as it sounds try and find that silver lining and i find a lot of joy in the small things you know i don't i don't do anything exciting i don't go out for fancy dinners i don't you know it's nothing like that for me joy is a good cup of tea and it's a hot bath and it's clean bed linen things like that and um that's how i get through it and i cry a lot in the bath alone and i uh let myself cry and i let myself let it all out but i prefer to do it alone because that's how i personally cope with it 
but I have no doubt that I would also benefit from opening up a bit more and talking to someone. And when you say to me over lunch, how things, when I go, it's great, everything's great. I think I could actually do with saying, do you know what? I'm feeling really lonely today. I'm feeling really lonely. Um, and not feeling like we're in this race with our kids. The number of times you meet someone and they say, oh, my, you know, my, my child has just got a place at so-and-so and they're seeing this person and they're, they're going on holiday. And I, I say, oh, that's marvellous. And inside I'm thinking, I don't know what I can add to this conversation because my child hasn't washed their hair for a month or stood up. I think if we were all a bit more honest and not try to live our lives as though we were in this permanent Instagram filter of perfection, I think society, families, everything would be better for that. Amanda Prouse and Josiah Hartley. The Boy Between is out in all good bookshops now. Please do get it. It will really help you. If you are suffering with mental health issues, you need just some guidance to know that you're not alone, then please do buy The Boy Between. And if you're affected by what you've heard in this episode, please do call the Samaritans on 116123. I've been Johnny Seifer. You've been listening to Security Insecure. If you've liked what we heard, please do rate the podcast, like the podcast and subscribe to it. It's so important we say it's okay to not be okay. Until next week, thank you and goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.